This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Ho, 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 motherfuckers. Spoiler alert. No, there's going to be no spoilers in this episode because we're not fucking assholes. It sounds like, like somebody's Jeffrey a little f- In um. Portland, Oregon. Find this guy on Facebook and terrorize his life like he has terrorized mine. Down a- with f***ing Colonel Mustard. God, Kevin's a little angry because he got Star Wars The Force Awakens spoiled for him this week on Facebook. What a bitch. What a f***ing bitch. Completely you know out of nowhere. Like when people kept saying like, oh, spoilers, spoilers, keep get rid I was like, no, none of, no one on my Facebook is going to be that disrespectful. F*** you. He gets on there and like says, uh, I don't know. He says the most... Well, we're not going to say what he the, said, the obviously. The biggest thing that could be spoiled about that film He said there were spoiled. wars in the stars. And I was like, what the f***? Delete. No. He did say some that I really didn't want to see. And uh, I deleted his ass. And you know what? Honestly, I kind of want to go to his house and kick his ass. Yeah, he uh, he's lucky he lives in down in Portland now. Did you see the, the news story what about the, fruit cake. the guy who got his ass beat he out, should at a, outside of the Star Wars because he walked out and like walked past the line and spoiled it for everybody in line Ugh. and so three dudes in Star Wars costumes beat the shit out of him well they he friggin deserved it man if you're gonna be that kind of piece of shit, you deserve everything that's coming to you I want to see the num- opening weekend numbers for Alvin and the Chipmunks <laughs> personally yeah you think anyone went and rough. saw that one my uh <laughs> my buddy Zach posted um he said, you know, I see all these people waiting in line around the block for Star Wars, and I'm the only person sitting in this theater for Alvin and the Chipmunks right now, so <laughs> joke's on you, motherfuckers. My friend posted a selfie in the theater with 11 of his friends, and he said, seeing peanuts for the 10th time. <laughs> it's a great idea. It's a great idea. All right. This is Backstage Pass 81, right? Correct? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, episode 81, man. With uh, myself, Ian, with Kevin. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And Ryan the Beard. Yo, yo, yo. So, welcome back, fellas. And, uh, yeah, you haven't, clearly you haven't seen the new Star Wars I movie haven't. yet. I don't think Ryan has either. No, I've seen it. Yeah, no. he saw it. I saw it yesterday. No, I woke up. And saw it at uh, 10.30 in the morning. Woke nice. up at 7.30 to go see it on Friday. Because I knew if I didn't get in to see it ASAP... Some ass would spoil it! Yeah, some <laughs> dickhead would spoil it. And see, it's it's kind you. of the ultimate white guy first world problem that I'm just like, ah, oh, I gotta get up early and go see this movie just to prevent some <sighs> ass from spoiling it for me. Fine. Yeah, it, it's, it's nothing to complain about, but it just kind of sucks that there's people out there that are just out to ruin things for other people you know that's and you know what else sucks the people that like okay so i personally don't have that much sentimental uh f-ing attachment to star wars like i didn't grow up as a star wars f- huge fan like i like the movies but i'm not over like ian i don't i didn't get the tattoos i'm not and and that's fine but i'm not going on facebook like i've never seen star wars i don't f-ing get it like i'm a f-ing vegan shut like, the f- up yeah like i don't like eat seahawks am i, I like- the only one who doesn't care about nobody f-ing cares about what you don't care about you man i saw somebody uh 
who is now defriended beyond all reason, um, <laughs> complaining about how everybody's super stoked about Star Wars, yet it feels like nobody really gives a crap about Star Trek anymore. And the way that I put it to him was, was all right, first off, plenty of people are into Star Trek. That's, but movies that's aren't not coming out yet. Yeah. And or right now, currently. For, to me, it's a lot easier to get really into Star Wars because to have a fairly firm grasp of the whole story... You're only talking about a couple of movies. Star Trek is immense. Star Trek is huge. Yeah. Like, to watch every single one of those episodes to get the whole storyline of Star Trek, that is a massive, massive undertaking. Meh. Not as good, though. Straight up not as good. I love Star Trek. In my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and I, my favorite is Star Trek The Next Generation, but I'm not going to sit over here and pretend like it's uh, more important. Well, it's not as good as Captain Kirk, man. <laughs> like that's just your opinion, man. I don't know. I don't really have that strong of opinions. Talk about pro wrestling, then I'll fucking punch you in the face over some. Shit. Yeah, I grew up with Star Wars. <laughs> like my parents took me to the theaters to see the special editions when they were re-released. Like mm -hmm. I was beyond pumped to go see the reissues, and I had faith in each one of them, even though they were god awful. And when I went to go see it yesterday, thanks to uh, Kevin's roommate John mm -hmm. and our buddy Travis the Virus, who got in line yesterday at eight thirty in the morning for a one o'clock p.m. show. That's awesome. So they were the first in line. So I just rolled up with some cheeseburgers and was like, hey, can I stand with you guys? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, of course, because he had our tickets anyway. So yeah, we were the first ones in the theater, dude. We got I literally got the best seat in the house. That's Fantastic. awesome. And the movie was f***ing amazing. It was exactly what I wanted for the most part. There's mm -hmm. a couple things. Maybe a couple months down the road we can kind of talk about it some more, but... We're not going to be those guys. Yeah. I will, you know, I will say one one acceptable scenario where spoilers, I totally fucking support the spoilers being told, is uh, my friend and his wife were walking out of the theater. It was raining, and she slipped and fell and on the ground, and these fucking teenagers started laughing at her. Mm -hmm. So he just yelled the spoilers straight up to these fucking teenagers, and they were like, what? Are you serious? Oh, my God. They freaked <laughs> out, and he's like, you don't laugh at my wife she fell down spoiler alert and she he just <laughs> told them what happened in the movie shattered their realm destroyed their whole fucking evening altered so their all those teenage ass <laughs> don't that's, laugh at his goddamn spoilers as a weapon <laughs> seriously okay so yeah it's some appropriate but uh, don't just throw them yeah. out on facebook for anyone to see you know the one thing i will say about the movie more so than anything else and i i turned and said this to my friend right off the bat as the movie started rolling it felt like a Star Wars movie. Like, the the prequels felt The attitude like, was back. Yeah, it. the prequels felt like they were based on Star Wars characters and it was set in that universe, but they didn't feel like Star Wars movies. It was okay. kind of Flat like... Out. I felt... Okay, so my, here's my analogy, and I'm... You know, we're doing the best we can. We're obviously not going to say anything, uh, so don't get pissed, but I feel like the prequels were more of like a juvenile look at the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this next movie is a very adult, tragic, awesome, stressful, action-packed, like, it's back to the way it should have grown into, in my it opinion. It feels like Star Wars. Yeah. Again. It, it's, it's, it's got it's, some grit in there, man. It's a little gritty. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's dirty. It's, it's cool. Star Wars is cool again. It's awesome. Yes, exactly. And for me, like, it was this moment where I've realized, like, 25 years of my favorite movies... We're all being packed into this one moment of, Tight. like, every single minute that went on, I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. I, I, and I never do that for anything ever. I got I got chills Did you right <laughs> off the bat. 
I got they needed to bring the bucket right off the bat, man. It, it was it was really really fantastic. Though, <clears throat> just seeing the Millennium Falcon again. Yeah, the, seeing all of those. I mean, like yeah, it's not just, a spoiler to say Han Solo is in the movie. Seeing yeah, yeah. Han Solo with Chewbacca again is just awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's in the preview. We all know that's there. Like seeing those. I, I'm I'm. Being very careful to pick my words and the things that I do and do not say. Um, I think the the analogy I keep hearing over and over again is like, I feel like I met up with an old friend and nothing has changed since then. Was Mm -hmm. it tight to see Jar Jar again? (laughs) Yeah, dude. So tight. You're going to love him in the new movie. You threw up the horns as soon as you saw him. Jar Jar! Woo! You Jar Jar. Uh, He's like the new metal character of Star Wars. So I realized that like the Star Wars is happening this week. But did anything else happen this week? Was there anything else? Did there anything else happen in the world? Like in the world, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I went and I, saw Black Breath. I think so. They were sick as. F- uh, yeah, the show was not as packed because I think everyone was going to see Star Wars. It was opening night of Star Wars for Thursday night with the Thursday night showings. Yeah, that's kind of uh, rough. So Black Breath was sick as f- though. They they had a Christmas tree on on the stage. Um, Skeletor killed it, and uh, it was a cool local show, man. It was it was just awesome to see Black Breath play like a a local showcase in their hometown. Got to see old friend Andy Rice hanging out drinking wow. drinking some whiskeys on side stage. Uh, he's their manager. He's he's big time. Of course he is. Big time rock manager. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I saw that show, and uh, and then Star Wars came out. I'm, I've been mentioning for, or I think I mentioned it last week, but <clears throat> uh, I've been having a hard time like breathing inside my own house. Yeah. Like uh, when I go back into my house, I immediately like start sneezing and like wheezing, and my nose starts running, mm-hmm. and it's like that the entire time. Like I'll wake up in the morning, there's like 15 tissues on the ground. Because I wake up in the night and blow my nose, it looks like I just j***ed myself off into oblivion. You didn't? <laughs> well, maybe. I'm sure that has something to do with it. <laughs> but I've been renovating my house this week, and today, just today, I pulled the carpets up because I was taking them out to replace them. The, all of the walls were full of black mold. There it like, is. Underneath the floor, and I was like, f***, how long have I been breathing this? So as soon as we took it out of the house, I immediately felt better. So I'm so, so pumped to live in a house now where I can actually smell. And I bet you're relieved to not be allergic to your cat or to weed. Yeah, I thought it was going to be one or the other. Thankfully, it's neither. Nice. Thanks, weed gods. Either one of those would have been as much as... Crippling. Yeah. Crippling. I would have been really bummed for you, but I would have been really interested to see... How you would adapt to life. Yeah, how you would have done (laughs) that. You would just just, turn into Lex Luthor and just shave your head and go crazy. And just start (laughs) stabbing bitches. Probably. Uh, The two things that keep me sane. Speaking of off into oblivion this week uh i was at home i was masturbating (laughs) and tell me more so i was i was masturbating enjoying some of my own alone time uh as my roommate was at work and uh i got i don't get these very often and i honestly i've never had one as intense as i had but right as i was i was about what no i had a migraine like a terrible (laughs) awful and like as i got more into it like i tried to just like try to just carry through carry through no like as i just the most strenuous painful thing and i looked it up i was like do i have brain cancer and uh apparently it's this thing where like if you don't have enough salt in your diet and like all this other stuff of that you're more you're dehydrated then you can get like terrible terrible painful headaches yeah whatever that's the most fucking awful thing to happen as you're in this moment. It's just like, Jesus Christ. You know what it really is? God. 
Yeah, Punch striking you. you down. How dare you? The spill one your thing seed. I can enjoy is a single man. <laughs> the one time I have to myself, and I can have a raging headache, and I couldn't get the headache for like, I had it for about twenty four hours. I had this pulsing fucking headache. Just the reminder of not to touch yourself. Never masturbate outside because you'll just get crackow struck down by lightning, dude. It's up, dude. Migraines are no joke. My condolences to your. Uh, Sex gratory activities. So I, I met. Yeah, a how are you gonna follow that up? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I got something. So I, uh, I met this guy who ended up being my Lyft driver the other day, and um, one of the more interesting characters I've ran into in a while. The guy was born and raised in Paris, France, and he moved to New York when he was younger, and he moved to Brooklyn. So he had a Brooklyn accent on top of a French accent, which is really what? interesting huh. to hear to begin with. I and can't even try to imitate that. He was really good friend, or is really good friends with all the guys from Madball. And so he was telling me all these stories about hanging out with Madball during, you know, kind of the heyday of New York hardcore. Right. Like, just all the insane stuff that was going on. And he told me this story about, um, he was hanging out with, uh, not one of the guys from the band, but a very close mutual friend. And they were at this bar with another friend of his who had just gotten out of prison. And so they're hanging out, drinking at the bar, and this guy walks in and starts talking to somebody else about how he had kicked this dude's ass at a show and just really pummeled him. And the guy he was talking about was a friend of the dude who had just gotten out of prison. So the guy took out a knife, and the, the dude who was talking had his hand on the table. The guy took out his knife and stabbed the guy through the hand. Jesus. Pinned into the bar. Classic move. And Roadhouse. So, so the dude turned to him and was just like, what the f***? Man, he goes, I don't want him to leave, you know? We gotta wait till the other dudes get here so we can f this dude up. I don't want him getting away, so I pinned him to the bar. It's like, dude, that's f***ed up. So, the other guys Jesus. got there, and uh, they they were just like, okay, well, dude, you're gonna go back to prison, so we gotta handle this. So they removed the knife, took the guy that he'd gotten stabbed to the hospital, paid his medical bill for him to get fixed up, and then the guy got done with it, and they said, alright, look, you f***ed up one of our friends... But you got your ass handed to you. So we're even Trade. Now. We're even now. We paid for your sh So you keep this to yourself. Don't go to the cops. And everything's good. You say anything to anybody, we're going to fucking end you. <laughs> you should uh, get this guy to come up to Metal Shop sometime. Dude, I gave him my email and my phone number, and I told him that I would <laughs> help hook him up with whatever, anything that he wanted. If he would just come up and hang That's out awesome. and just tell us stories. Cool. I'm glad to see all of our uh, adventures are still alive and well as usual. Yes, yes, yes. I got tattooed the other day. My arm hurts. What'd you get? Uh, just a touch-up of some stuff I already had, which is so much worse. Have you ever had a tattoo touch-up? Tattoo <laughs> over a scar? <laughs> that. It hurts. A lot. A lot more than you uh, remember. You know what? I'm going to give a little spoiler alert here. Oh, no! Spoiler alert! If you are very, very invested in the KISW <clears throat> yearly f***ing uh, Christmas-themed uh, play, then then shut your ears. But guess what? We're going to do a Star Wars-themed one, and it's going to be on next week. It's going to be f***ing sweet. So it's on next, starts like Monday? Yep, starts Monday. It's going to be funny So as it'll well. probably be on right about the time this podcast hear, is yeah, released. Yeah, people hear this. Yeah, exactly. No cool. spoiler. Yep, you're in on you're in on the joke. All right, here we go. You are listening. Oops, sorry, we already did that. We already did it. We already did that too. Ah, let's try this one. Sounds better. All right, a lot of news to get to this week as uh, the year is wrapping up here in 2015. Uh, one Christmassy type thing, I guess we should probably mention is I know uh, you. One of you guys I was talking to last week about the sock puppet parodies uh, that were that are done about the band Immortal. 
So they're sock puppets with hair, yarn hair, and like corpse paint on the sock puppets. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, they just released the Immortal Christmas 2, the summoning sock puppets. Sock puppet <laughs> <laughs> Putting down a plate of cookies. My question about this is like, what kind of dude takes the time to make these videos? <laughs> like, you're just metal nerds, it's like, I got a free couple hours, and I got some socks and some yarn. That's and I, awesome. I got enough time to record an entire Christmas song. Well, editing this kind of thing takes a while. Like, like just to, to shoot and edit this, not to mention writing and recording the actual song, that's a, this is a big time investment. It's like the Blood Hunger video. That was the f***ing best music video. Still to this day. Seriously. And they just dropped it like there's no big deal. Uh, what's the deal with metal bands making announcements about announcements? I don't know, but... They're like, hey, we're announcing that we're going to make an announcement next week, so you guys should probably pay attention to the announcement about our announcement. Are you talking about Flesh God Apocalypse? Yeah. Okay, well, they're, they're going to be releasing a new single, The Fool. It's not out yet, but... Uh, next week. Next week, they will be releasing this new single. Flesh God has a new album coming out in February. But to kick off the year, they have this new single, The Fool. So we got nothing for you yet, and uh, they're just dick-teasing us. They got fooled. They're honey-dicking us. Honey-dickers. You ever had your dick stuck in honey? I'd rather not. Okay. So we were talking about Star Wars... There is a new band called the Galactic Empire. Dude, we got to play this on Metal Shop tonight. Oh, we are. We are. Uh, the uh, the band consists of Carson Slovak and Grant McFarlane from uh, Atrium, Atrium Audio, uh, the band that did uh, August Burns Red and Rivers, Rivers of Nile, members of All Struism and Black Crown Initiate vocalist James Dor Jorton provide the voice of Darth Vader. So. This is sick. Yeah, it's actually pretty rad. I want to hear the voice. I haven't heard it yet. He just comes in and starts talking. I'll skip ahead to that part. Um. Cut! Cut! He broke his snare. Do you want me to change your snare, sir? It's no good to me dead. <laughs> hey guys, if we're stopping for a minute, I'm gonna go take a leak. That's cool. Really, dude? Who set up my guitar? He force jokes the guy. Anyway, Ryan, can you grab that and post it over to the Metal Shop page? Already did it, man. Cool. All right. So if you want to go see, you can go check it out there. Star Wars Heavy Metal. Pretty uh, excellent combination of worlds, if you ask me. That's awesome. At the end of this podcast, can we post this 10-minute uh, video? Last week, we talked about Jeremy Wagner, who bought from Broken Hope, who uh, bought all of Jeff Hanneman's guitars, or a bunch of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He kind of goes through and talks about each guitar and how he got it in his own first person. Can we do that? Uh, play that at the end of this? Yeah, man. Very cool. Cool. So uh, I won't play it now, but we'll move on to it. 
a little bit later. So in kind of a weird move, Gorephobic Nosebleed just released a new song called Not A Daughter, and it's seven minutes long, and it is not grindy in the least. At all. It sounds kind of like I Hate God. It's awesome. It's really, really good music. Do you know who sings for this band? Someone named Cat Cats. Cat Cats. With a Z. That's cool, man. They got a new record coming out on January 22nd called Ark. But yeah, it's definitely very different. Man, I love you, Cat Cats. I'm going to skip halfway through. Yeah, that sounds like it could be like High on Fire or uh, Sleep or something like that. Gorephobic Nosebleed, changing directions, man. All right. X, cool. Cat, X. Cats. Catty Cats. Motorhead has a new video out, and I feel like anytime there's anything new that Motorhead does, we should probably just mention it because... You just never know, man. They're fucking Motorhead. Hey, Lemmy, are you gonna die? Uh, this video starts out super fucked up. So there's like this little girl standing on the side of the road with a sign that says "Want to help a star?" She's like trying to get a, a she's like hitchhiking, mm-hmm. and this bearded gnarly dude rolls up on a motorcycle, and like he has a big fat skull ring on. He looks at her, points the skull ring at her face, and splits her in half. The most gory, nasty like murder scene ever. It's like really, he didn't want to help the star, man. No. I am the star. Um, vocalist of Melichesh, awesome, awesome band from the Middle East, commented on arrest in Jerusalem. Yikes. So get this. Ashmedi, the frontman for the um, band Melichesh, was arrested for assault in Jerusalem, his hometown. <laughs> uh, there's been rumors about it, but this is his official statement. And uh, Ashmedi goes on to write, While on vacation in Jeru- Jerusalem, I was arrested for beating up somebody in a bar fight. After three days in jail and a $3,000 bail plus $18,000 contingent guarantee, I was placed under house arrest for the last seven weeks and will remain under house arrest until the court dates... Court sets a date for the trial. Then the judge will decide what will happen next. I was having a nice night out at a friend's bar. After several verbal provocations and then verbal death threats to me, I acted in what seemed self-defense and finished it. Normally, people know me. I often stop fights and buy people drinks to calm them down. This type shit... This time hit the fan. Yeah. Well, it was a bar- stupid bar fight, which is not my style, really, yet things got out of hand and the vacation turned into a nightmare. Three days jail, and now I'm still under house arrest for the last seven weeks till a yet unknown court date. The fortunate news, however, is that I will be given permission to do the Melichish concert in Jerusalem so I can go out for a few hours to rehearse with my guys and the next day naturally perform with Melichish. Weird. So that's what happens when you cave a dude's head in, apparently. Damn. Maybe you shouldn't do that, but hey, sometimes things get at Escalated. I'm pretty stoked about this next one. Uh, Crater just premiered a demo track. This is members of Origin, Skinless, Gorguts, and Tentacles. Oof. So this sounds like it's going to be, be right up my death alley. Metal? No, it's pop rock, dude. I like me some pop rock. I'm going to skip in a little bit. Yeah, their vocalist is Jason Kieser from Skinless and Origin. Tight. 
Well, there you have it. We'll keep uh, we'll keep those guys on the radar. This is just their demo, so I'm sure they're gonna get signed to like fucking nuclear blast or something next week. Well, with Colin Marston did all the uh, engineering and mastering on that one. It looks like he played bass for all the studio stuff. So that's that's a powerhouse and a half right there. I'm I'm pretty stoked about this band. I'm excited to see what they come up with. Graf Orlock has a new song. Talking about them last week, their new record, Difficult or uh, Crime Traveler, is coming out February fifth. Uh, this one is about uh, Starship Troopers. I can't believe I'm stuck on this hole. I mean, I signed up for the Space Marines. What in the actual? F- yeah, I sat in a f-ing cryo tube for a decade just to stare through this stained glass. Explore the galaxy. Help forge the future. I should have stayed on the planet and been some stupid f-ing cop. So if you like action movies, sci-fi movies, gore, horror movies, and uh, grindcore, check out the new Graf Orlock record. Band that played Rainfest last year and has quite an intense uh, career for going for themselves. All Out War. They are playing toy drive shows this weekend. It's a very, very cool thing to, to see. Uh, just last weekend, uh, one of our friends, Nate from Zabulba, uh, put on a huge festival down in Southern California called For the Children. And uh, this weekend, uh, that while we're recording this in Philadelphia, in New York, uh, they're doing two huge... Uh, n- Two huge toy drives for kids. It's like Toys for Tots in the Northwest. Uh, and they're going to be with uh, bands like Shy Halud, Eternal Sleep, Mother of Mercy. And uh, that's pretty big gigs. And I hope that they uh, they do well. Obviously, it's for the idea that uh, there's kids out there that don't get to have as much fun on Christmas as, as you and I, a lot of families struggling to yeah, even just get put food on the table. That's so. putting it lightly, too, for some of those kids, man. So uh, just just the fact of uh, giving them one present would make their Christmas. So it's really cool to see um, things like that happen. It puts a smile on your face, even if you're really f***ing jaded and, and you, you have no holiday spirit. Watching kids open presents, it's just awesome. Uh, I just want to point out that the like today, I guess technically today, they're playing Christ Community Church. Hmm. Yeah. All out war. war. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, redemption for the innocent. Okay. Like very anti-religious theocracy band. That was like when Ringworm played at the Paradox at uh at <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly well, in the church. Yeah. What was it? Uh, Mars Hill. Yeah, Mars Hill over in Ballard. That was uh, Ringworm, the band that has there is no God and uh, the Promise album. Yeah. And very all of their logos are upside down crosses. And Painted Black did the same thing too. So, they're very anti-religious as Whatever. well. Whatever, as long as you got a space, man. Exactly. Flex it, use their power for free. Uh it's been 5 years since Obscura's uh, Omnivium record came out, which was awesome and was on uh one of our top It's weird to think we've been here for 6 years almost, man. We've done Still here. Still here. After all these fucking years. This is going to be number 5. <laughs> Where our, did you go? Our 5th annual top because we started in 2010 and we only did half the year so we yep. didn't feel comfortable like doing the top 20 or whatever but anyway they got a new song coming out and a new record coming out called acroesis acroesis i'm a stupid american here uh here's what it sounds like i'm gonna skip into it <laughs> Oh, 
album will be released February 5th, 2016 on Relapse Records. It's called Acroasis. It's eight songs. And uh, yeah, it could be your introduction to them. Even if it is and, you, and you've never heard of them before, it's a good place to start. Obscura, a f-ing rad tech metal band. And uh, yeah, check it out. It's now, cool, to, cool to see some of the 2016 records that are already wind up. Mm-hmm. Ryan the Beard, this next news story has your name written all over it, and I think you've already jumped on this. I have indeed. So Bortnagar is selling beard oil. Who's um, Bortnagar? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know who they are, but for anyone listening right now who might not know who Bortnagar is. Really awesome black metal band. Um, yeah, all Word. kinds of members from other black metal bands. Very, very yeah. cool. That's another band that has a record coming awesome out next stuff. year. Exactly, and uh, this is what they have to say about it. Um, there's quite a lot of activity in the Borgnagar camp these days. We're closing in on the release date of Winter Thrice. We have concerts both announced and under planning for the next year, and we are really excited about the video release featuring Chris Reeg. In this wave of positivity, we have been approached by Radical about the idea to make a beard oil, and I have to admit that they didn't need much time to persuade us. Um, Radical's a really cool company. I've, I've tried a few of their oils before. They make really good stuff. This one's based off of their Riff oil, which uh, I've been meaning hmm. to try anyway. So yeah, I, I did indeed already jump on this. Pretty excited Here's for the it description. to get here. This oil is a blend of 100% natural and highest quality jojoba, sweet almond, hazelnut, castor, and hemp seed oils to protect your beard and keep it all soft and shiny while also regenerating your skin for the next morning. Mm-hmm. Does that really <laughs> help? Do these really help? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, well, seriously, what the f*** is a beard oil? Okay, so a lot of people talk a lot of flack about beard oils because the hipsters have made them kind of a douchey thing. You know, which happens. I feel like it's probably been around for a long time, though. Yeah, it has. People have been using beard oils for a really, really long time. So it's really hard to get moisture into the skin under your beard. That skin tends to get kind of neglected. Um, it's hard to work soaps far enough into your beard because it hasn't seen actually... the sun for like seventeen years. Yeah, get there. So the skin gets a little bit sensitive. <laughs> so um, it helps keep away itching, uh, kills bad bacterias and you know microbes that could be growing in your beard, which happens if you're unclean, scummy mother effer. It happens with the, when you have long hair, too. It's the same thing. Exactly, man. So uh, beard oil kind of helps with that and makes everything thick, helps keep you healthy, man. It's, uh, you know, just because you're All not right. shaving every day doesn't mean that you get to just neglect your face. You should still be make, doing something to so, keep yeah, yourself So, yeah, the question is, like, because your beard's long, obviously, and it's mm-hmm. about three or four inches off of your cheeks. Mm-hmm. When you take a shower, it doesn't. The water doesn't get in there. Like it's that impenetrable. You have to. It's like you, a force field. You got to work it in there. Right. Yeah. To a fine lather. Mm, right. Ryan the beard massaging his beard into a fine lather. You're a beard <laughs> hipster. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool, man. You were beard before it was cool. Exactly. <clears throat> I'm OG beard. You should get one that smells like Skittles. <laughs> so I can smell you down the hall. Hey man, I've been really, really stoked about my uh, my cinnamon and spruce beard oil. It makes my beard smell like Christmas. Okay, it's, it's festive. I am f- truly thankful that I don't smell you. 
That's all I'm saying. Your presence is not offensive. That's good. That's all I'm going for. I feel like that's one of those backhanded compliments you give someone. Yeah. Thanks for not smelling like <laughs> uh, Children of Bottom... You look like you'd smell like <laughs> <laughs> And I'm shocked that you're not. <laughs> okay. Uh, so here is some news now. Um, we uh, were talking to Dave Mustaine last week or a couple weeks ago about why Megadeth isn't coming to Seattle on the uh, the tour that they're doing with uh, Children of Bodom and Suicidal Tendencies, but Children of Bodom has announced that they are going to be doing a headline date, like a side date, in Seattle on that tour. Hmm. So they're going to be playing Seattle on March 3rd at El Corazon. Very, very cool. So you might not get, uh, get to see Megadeth or Suicidal, but you got some Bodom. I'm not seeing that date on the list of dates on the official release, but it's... It's all the way down. It's right here in between uh, Sacramento and Portland, which I think is so weird because the tour isn't following up to the Northwest, so Children of Bodom is taking the time to drive to Seattle from Sacramento and then drive back down to Portland. Crazy. Which is very cool. Which is cool, yeah. So respect there, man. That's cool. We should, uh, we should go out and make sure people go. Yeah, support. Do it. March 3rd. Bleeding Through will be playing a charity show for The Ghost Inside. As we reported uh, a few weeks back, The Ghost Inside had a bit of a van accident. An ex- terrible, a, terrible... A bit, just a bit of one. Uh, yeah, so they have a lot of expenses as relates to that thing. And uh, Bleeding Through, the OC Metalcore Giants will be reforming for one show. Uh, they posted a v- image of Brennan Chappetti's sexy... Toned, beautifully tattooed, orgasmically wonderful body. Yeah, I just nips. And it says uh, <laughs> nothing is over 2016. And uh, well, they po- they posted that, and then everyone goes, "Holy crap! Bleeding Through's coming back!" No, no, they're actually just getting back together. They're for one show to help them pay for medical bills. BT is not getting back together any time in the foreseeable future. This is about our friends needing help. We hope that people support this show and help raise funds for T- TGI. TGI Fridays. Let me get some breadsticks and some mozzarella fingers. So, uh, more problem in the bath camp. Looks like. What uh, was that? More problems. <laughs> more problems in the bath camp. <laughs> <laughs> more Got problems again, with me going through puberty again this week. <laughs> Tight. So, basically, Abath is uh, lined up to be headlining the Decibel magazine tour with High on Fire and uh, Tribulation. And they, uh, the, the future of this thing is kind of up in the air now because he lost not only his drummer, but his other uh, bass player or guitar player this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and both of them have attributed it to personal reasons. I feel like that's the most diplomatic way of saying, I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like now. So uh, the bottom line is that um, they Abath has a self-titled debut coming out next month. Uh, he's still slated to headline the tour, and people still want to see it. So I'm curious to see if he can go, who's ready to get in here right now? Ryan, you should hit him up. <laughs> be like, hey, let me play it. Dude, it would get, it'd probably be so entertaining and awesome and hilarious. It's the kind of thing where it's like, I know this is going to be bonkers. I'm just going to do this for a couple months and see what happens. <laughs> just get weird. Man, I, uh, I, I'm just really curious as to what exactly is going on with that dude. Like, I know a lot of people are saying that he's into some 
some uh, interesting. He's into some substances. Yeah, some what some were substances. Saying. And yeah, um, everybody's got their set of problems, but every and you know, a lot riding on you. There's rumors that uh, a lot of people have said he's kind of a hard guy to work with, but I I'm really wondering what the defining thing was, what the deciding factor was for these guys to just be like, I cannot effing do this. I can't deal with this. Yep. Hmm. Everybody's got their breaking point, man. James Hetfield was recently interviewed about the Metallica, uh, the next Metallica record, and he essentially said, it's going to take as long as it's going to take. Um, yeah, so what he said is the consumer world, retail, whatever the product part of it, it's a whole different way. But what hasn't changed is the way we record. We have a ton of new material for the new Metallica album. We're sifting our way through it. We want it to be the best of the best. It's what we've always done as long as it takes, as long as it takes. We're not going to cater the consumer now because we never have. We want the best thing at the right time, whenever the time is right. So to put something out every year just because you need to keep fresh or whatever, that doesn't work for us. If we fade away or whatever happens, it happens. We need to do things on the way we feel, and at the end of the day, we feel good about that. We feel good that we didn't try to rush this or just that to please others. But that can also fall into the older you get, maybe the less you care about all that. Makes sense to me, man. You know, I, I really... As much as as I talk about Metallica, I really hope that they can just come back and absolutely. We keep yeah, crush we keep it. mentioning that year after year after year. And Kevin always used to say, "Man, like I've been a Metallica fan forever, and every time they put out a new record, I'm just hoping because yeah. the faith is still there. I just want it to happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens this time. I have faith in the band. I don't have faith in James Hetfield's voice anymore. I think he just he just doesn't sing the same anymore. Yeah, it just. I'm not really interested in his vocal style anymore, but that's fine. The band is sweet, though, still, so... Yeah, well, we'll find out. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Former Megadeth and current Active Defiance guitar player Chris Broderick is selling one of his Jackson CB6 guitar, uh, six-string guitars, and all profits will go to former his former Nevermore bandmate and our friend Van Williams and his wife Dory, who are uh, still dealing with the expenses of Dory's fight with cancer. She announced a couple months ago that... Or they announced as a team that... She had been diagnosed with breast cancer and that they needed some help because the truth is, is as a musician like this, your income isn't very predictable and it isn't always extremely robust. So, the you know, when you need help, you need help. And when you can ask your friends for it, um, I don't even know if he asked. I think Chris Broderick might have just done this out of the goodness of his heart. And obviously he is. He said that, uh, quote, I will sign it where the winning bidder would like, which would make a great collectible item in anyone's, anyone's guitar collection. There's only a couple of weeks left until Christmas, so pick up this great guitar and remember that it's to help Van and Dory with their fight against cancer. So that's feel-good story of the week right there, probably. Another feel-good story, Jason Bonham, which is John Bonham's drummer's son who uh, played with Led Zeppelin, the original, uh, the living members, the surviving members of Led Zeppelin. Um, He played with them back in 2007 for the uh, reunion quote-unquote reunion of, you know, the living members. And he said recently that he thinks the surviving members will play together again. Um, He says, in my heart of hearts, I do believe we will play together again. It remains to be seen if it will be in public or privately, but I do think we will play again. Nice. Imagine being a fly on the wall in that rehearsal space (laughs) with that private, like, show with just the band. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be crazy. I mean, like, I don't, I'm not super up on how the politics of Led Zeppelin are these days. Are they cool with each other? Do they, they, they're, they're, they're still on very, is there any beef? I don't think there's any beef. I, I, I believe I, I might be completely wrong, but I'm, 
last time, last thing I heard was that they were all on very friendly terms. They just haven't had the desire to go out and play a bunch of shows. And I, I think they're, they seem like very self-aware dudes. And I'm, I'm sure they know if they were to play any show anywhere, it would sell out immediately In- well, yeah. instantaneously it would have to be the right situation in the right place yeah and that that's right that's time. what i'm leading up to like it, it would really have to be the right venue in the right kind of i don't know for for all those cards to fall into play it's it's i'm sure it's difficult in the grass 2016 led <laughs> zeppelin metallica slayer rage against the machine nirvana <laughs> pearl jam pantera green day tell uh you Grateful s- Dead. Send yeah. that list to Castle. Tell him to get on it. And uh, Gautier. Yeah, he's on it. He's on it. Uh, and Radiohead. Isan, former frontman Emperor, announced that he's got a yeah uh, holographic bands, all of them. Uh, he's got a new record coming out called Arctis. It was uh, recorded at his studio in Norway, mixed by Jens Brolgren from Opeth and Catatonia. Um, it's going to be 10 songs long, and I said it's the longest record that he's ever done. How much saxophone? That's a good question. I like it though when he puts the saxophone. Hopefully in a lot. I think it's kind of cool. Sexy, sexy sax man. So yeah, um, brand new music from Isan uh, coming out in 2016 as well. All right, all right. This is going to sound kind of uh, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to make any jokes about this. Toxicology results show Scott Weiland overdose on cocaine, alcohol, and ecstasy. Yeah, it's been a week or two, so we can probably talk about it. But yeah, I mean, uh, he died of an overdose. Yeah, that... basically, yeah. It's, and we all kind of just uh, knew. We yeah. just knew. I don't want to glorify it. I don't want to, you know, make fun of it. But we kind of knew. So, moving on, another dead rock star. So rest in peace. I mean, you you just got to send out some vibes to his kids, absolutely, and his wife and his mm-hmm. bandmates too, especially. I mean, imagine, you know, put yourself in that situation. Like having this dude that you're working with, living with one of your. One one of the people that you know better than a lot of your family members because that's what yeah happens I mean when you're even like uh, the guys that he was touring with at the time that's got to obviously be traumatic but also the you know the the other dudes in STP yeah who experienced like their rise to fame mm-hmm. and he was the front man like that was you know you you're a family when you're a band and you're touring like that so mm-hmm. here how about this like um when there's a rock star that's obviously has a fucking issues, let's not egg them on and like buy into the thing that like this is a rock star lifestyle and that's cool and glorify it. Just and it, that it's not a foregone conclusion. Let's try and try and see if they can get help. I don't know. Let and not try and uh, glorify uh, drug use. Yep, I like that. Uh, Anthrax's Scott Ian is the latest to uh, kind of vocalize his disdain for being fucking ripped off by music streaming services. Uh, we were talking about Alexi Leho was mentioning that recently, and uh, he says, you make some money, obviously, as an artist. I feel like we should be getting paid more for our streams. I think what's streaming and many other types of ways to get music these days, basically what it's done is just really devalued music. Music doesn't have the same value in people's minds on this planet as it did 10 years ago, 20 years ago. It's just been really devalued. The commodity of music is worth less these days. Albums couldn't be cheaper you could buy a brand new album, say, on iTunes. You could buy a brand new CD for 10 bucks. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where you had to go to, say, Virgin Megastore. And, uh, you know, it'd be $17. And he's totally right, because I used to get my allowance every week. We've mentioned this before. And I could go go buy, like, one record. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was on sale. Yeah. And if it sucked, I had to listen to that shitty record for, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. So I get it, but it's the kind of thing where... um. 
you know, and he goes there, you know, there's an entire essay here where he t- goes on to talk about it, but you just have to adapt and come up with virtual reality. Yep. Virtual reality, mega death. What the? F- uh, I, yes, I want to see it. I want to witness it myself. Some we need to get like the station to request one a of copy these of cardboard f-ing headsets. <laughs> so Megadeth is uh is creating this thing for the release of Dystopia, their new record. It's uh Next Galaxy Corporation, a leading developer of innovative content solutions and immersive consumer virtual reality technology. That's a f-ing mouthful. <laughs> Creates a dystopian universe surrounding the band and allows fans to eventually enter, engage, and explore this parallel world. So you can like walk around and you could like go walk up and poke Dave in the face. (laughs) Are you a zombie? Here's how it works. Hey, Dave, it's me, Kevin. You uh, (laughs) you put on the glasses. You put on the glasses and you hit power on, (laughs) and it's just you looking in the mirror, and uh, and then you realize you are Dave in the virtual world. Yep, uh, reality cardboard, card box headset <laughs> with instructions and a download code to access and unlock exclusive content, which will also be simultaneously launched with the release of Dystopia to begin their VR experience. You can buy it at all physical and online retailers. Mm. So you build yourself a little VR box. I mean, that's fucking cool, dude. Think about it. If this wasn't Megadeth, we'd probably be like, this is awesome. Like when Graf- I dig it. I mean, it's cool. When Graf Warlock did the, uh, you know, their, all of their special stuff, but you need to be a band like Megadeth what, on that huge platform to get support technically for a thing like this. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever done this. We'll see. May- it, it might be cool. It might be cool. We, we might all it look might like idiots awesome. yeah. in a couple of weeks. We're going to look like idiots. Uh, We're going to look like idiots. What we need to do is buy some acid, give it to Tim, put this f***ing thing on his face, and see what happens. Is he the is he, the, he does. Uh, the guinea pig now? Yeah. What if he just starts Sweet. shredding? What if he just grabs a guitar out of nowhere and just tears it in half? Like Kung Fury, it just, just like yeah. imbues him with the power. <laughs> and then like right after entering this virtual reality world, Tim is never a fan of Metallica ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Metallica. Yeah, he just Megadeth like, forever. <laughs> <laughs> we should uh, try it. We should. Tim, so, apparently, if you're, you're not gonna like Metallica anymore, <laughs> if you're the singer of Disturbed. You get Ooh, you ah, get to ah. afford to rent out the penthouse apartment in a Honolulu, Hawaii complex for ten thousand dollars a month. Ten thousand dollars a month. Ugh. Uh, apparently, he's married to a wrestler named Lena Yada. Kevin, you're the wrestler. She's expert. an actress and a wrestler. Any Lena any Yada? Let's Lena look Yada. her up. Yeah, look her up. See what happens. So, god damn it, it's the kind of thing where like she is attractive. You could love me. Uh, uh, What's the fucking band Disturbed? Or you could hate him, but the dude has. Oh yeah, like, she was in WWE for a while. He's got like five houses. He's got a house in Northridge, California. A house in the Sherwood Forest area. Let's see, a house in Sherman Oaks. Uh, yeah, he's got a bunch of houses, man. That's fucking weird that she's married to that douchey. Uh, Disturbed is playing the Showbox, I think, in March, sometime coming up. So you can ooh all the way to Honolulu. For all you fans of repetitive vocal phrasing. She's less attractive to me now that I know that <laughs> that fucking weird sh- from his chin was in or around her. Ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> the spiky beard. Maybe he takes a little spikes out and puts some kind of attachment on there, you know? 
Ian, you used to have a Lebray piercing. You ever think about getting one of those like weird spiky things in there? No, but I used to have my tongue pierced, and I definitely did that. Once. Nice. It was terrible. The what little, the f*** was wrong with all of us? The little vibe. The, you had I your never tongue got pierced. My tongue did pierced. you use one of the little vibrating? Here's the things? deal. You knew Grant from Kent, right? Who was like Karen Buckley's friend, who was the apprentice piercer. He would print us. He would uh, fucking pierce us all for ten bucks. Nice. So we were just like human pin cushions for this fucking dude. <laughs> I don't know why I even did half the things I did. I was like ten bucks, fucking done. Did you ever get your pierced? No. Would you ever get your pierced? No. Why not? Because I value my penis. I watch. I need that. to make its life extend as po- long as possible. I watch that go down in the dorm room. Uh, at University of Montana. No. It <laughs> No. It it was not something that I ever want to witness. Again. <clears throat> if you ever are curious about hearing <laughs> piercing stories, talk to Chris Cricket. Uh, he will tell you some fucked up s- that will change you. Some genital <laughs> piercing. <a> human. <laughs> like he fucking pierced a dude's head and it started squoop squoop shooting out fucking streams of blood. Ah! And he oh. like he they fixed it but he was like I could have killed that it's for real. So, yeah, be careful with that. It's the real world, man. Don't put needles in your <laughs> look, at, look at Kevin's face right now. He just looks so shocked and disturbed. He's like, man, I shouldn't have gotten that Prince You broke Kevin, dude! <laughs> the f***? <laughs> All right, let's bring it back. Uh, Killswitch Engage has a new record coming out uh, sometime in March here on Roadrunner Records. They put out a pretty good record, Disarm the Descent, back in 2013. And, I dug uh, it. This new record's going to be called loved it. Incarnate. Incarnate. Did we play this song last week? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's play a little piece of it right now. Oh, wait, we did play this on the podcast last week. Play it louder. Go listen to last week's podcast, you ungrateful f- Okay, so Pantera is now <laughs> going to be featured in a Carl's Jr. commercial. <laughs> what? Yes, that's right. I'm Broken will be featured in a commercial for the 2015 Steakhouse Thick Burger. (laughs) Let's play this commercial. Dude, I don't want to play the commercial. Play the goddamn... Play it. So it's... Because you can't... All it is is silence, and then the song starts. So it's... So imagine there's like five fucking burgers sitting on a table. Pantera's I'm Broken starts, and they all fly up in the air in slow motion. So you can see what they're like made out of. And then it goes, buy our thick burger. And that's the end. <laughs> Why did they get Pantera? I'm broken. I, I don't know. Be- because that's what people said after they ate the burgers and went to go to the bathroom. I'm broken. Like, I'm my broken. Ass broke me. Well, uh, all right. I, I, I can f*** with Carl's Jr. once in a while. Yeah, there's one. The only one I know of is in Covington. By Hell your, yeah. By your, uh, your old spot. A good thing it's not by me. Who got the money for this? Who got um, paid for this? Vinnie Paul. Is there like a collective Pantera bank account? Vinnie Paul. Like for the band? Vinnie Paul. each member gets a percentage. <laughs> He's like, hey, can you guys just pay me in like 15,000 thick burgers? Maybe some shakes. I really <laughs> like them Captain Crunch milkshakes. I know a guy, I just met a guy last night when I was playing poker who who uh, did a website for the Caveman Kitchen and he got paid in Caveman Kitchen for the rest of his life. Wow. Yeah, so anytime he wants to deal. go to Caveman Kitchen, he can get chicken. What is that, down in Kent? Yeah, down in Kent, ah, Caveman classic. Kitchen. They're still open? Yep. I'm yeah. going to have some of that for Christmas with <laughs> They're my like, mom. we'll pay you for the rest of your life. They got us added, then they closed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vince Neil, we talked last week about how he's like a water waster. He was on the list of water wasters down yeah, he's in he's a real dirtbag. 
And he made an even f***ing douchier statement this week. I don't know why. He says, wow, this is news to me. I haven't lived in my Danville, California house for over five years. My property manager would have informed me if there was a violation of excessive water use. Hmm. Yeah, okay, buddy. Well, hey, Vince Neal, suck it. Vince Neal. You have too many houses you can't pay attention to. Either way, you know, if it wasn't this, you'd get caught for something else. Just, you're skeezy. You just, your Danville. life is caught up to Dan- you. Danville is like a rich guy's suburb. Uh, it's like uh, outside of Oakland, San Francisco, one of California's top 25 wealthiest cities. Look at his face. He has such a punchable face. <laughs> just He's just like... It's nice and wide and red now. It dumb. looks like it would just mash. It looks like it's a really bar. What would happen if you like punched him right in the middle of the sunglasses? His face would erupt in... And Here, fat you rolls. know what? Let's take this down one more notch, Kevin. If you and I were interviewing a, like a a rock star like Vince Neil, like face to face like that, where nobody's really paying attention or expecting us to like do that, what if we beat the <laughs> Vince Neil <laughs> or like one of these dudes? What would happen? We would get fired. No, I know that. We'd get arrested. Yeah, and then yeah. we, we I don't could know, you take Vince Neil from everything from everywhere? Could you take Vince Neil? Yeah. Oh yeah. In a fair fight. Yeah, probably. You know, we do yeah. the classic, I would step, uh, I would like lean uh, beneath his legs. Just get down on your hands and knees. And then <laughs> Ian, get behind him and Ian would push him over. And we'd be like next to a fountain of water. Dude, it was just, just a prank. It was water. just a prank. And his uh, his hair would get wet and he would be all mad. Because it'd look all thin Dude, and just balding. this. What the f***? Uh, Shut up, fatty. All right, dudes, what are you guys doing for Christmas? I'm going to get Caveman Kitchen, believe it or not, with my mom, and we're going to hang out and unwrap presents, and then on Christmas night, I'm going to go see The Hateful Eight, the new Tarantino movie with cool. Sean Hughes. I just, uh, I just saw on, I just saw Tarantino doing an interview, totally ripping on Disney because he wanted to put out Hateful Eight on uh, IMAX. Okay. Like, on its release date. Yeah. And, uh... You know, he went to the the studios and like they uh, they were like, "Sorry, man, we're just doing Star Wars for two straight weeks." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And so they they went back to Disney and like, "All right, man, well we're gonna do Hateful Eight for one of the weeks." And Disney goes, "Then you're not getting our movie." So they boxed out Tarantino's Hateful Eight for out of IMAX. That's bullshit. So uh, yeah, enjoy that on the flat screen there. Balls. Um, the, the small big screen. But that's cool. I want to see that movie too. I'm, I think we're going to go to the Auburn movie theater because the Auburn Super Mall, believe it or not, uh, is actually pretty badass now. They have uh, they have uh, leather reclining seats now. Wow! In the Auburn yeah. movie theater and in all the seats. So nice. Yeah, Super Mall's getting extra classy. You should see what you can find in those seats. Used condoms. <laughs> Ryan, yeah, dig your hands around in there. What are you doing? Uh, going down to Louisiana. Gonna spend it with the folks. Cool, man. New yeah. Orleans is a dying whore. It really, <laughs> truly is. Those lyrics are incredibly accurate. Um, is your girlfriend coming? Nope. She's uh, going to Yakima. Gonna hang out with her family. Equally as cool as New Orleans. <laughs> How long are you, are you gonna be down there, man? I'll just be down for three days. Be back in time for Metal Shop. Gonna bring us back some food? I possibly could. I could Bring have some, back some southern cooking. Man. I could have some things shipped if you guys want to yeah. have some food shipped. Bring me back a mint julep. You know, for a <laughs> while now, I've been trying to get people to kick in so I could have a turducken shipped up here. And do it right. I'd prefer you pay it 
for it all yourself. I don't know how I feel about a turducken. Yeah? Like slicing into it like a cake. It's, it's like a meat cake, and that's terrifying to me. <laughs> I don't know if I can get behind that, like a multi-layered meat cake. Ladies and gentlemen, and put your hands together, now stepping onto the stage is Meat Cake. Here's our song, Turducken. She's my Turducken. <laughs> meat uh. Cake. I'm just going back to my parents' house. Actually, I might. I bought my own Christmas tree this year. Nice. So is I it might, real? No. <laughs> so I might make them come to my house this time. Oh, that, that'd might, be kind of nice. Make them a couple of snacks, have a couple of drinks, talk a bunch of shit, and open some presents. and Hang fun. out with the cat? Hang out with the cat, yeah. Did you get your dad a new selfie stick? No, he already has one. He's very good at it. You got to get a backup. A backup selfie stick? A backup selfie stick. In case We're, something terrible happens to his first one? It, exactly, man. No, I, I still want to see these these epic selfie pictures that your dad takes. I haven't gotten to see any it's of them. Selfie yet. videos that he takes. Selfie videos. What does like, he do? On the motorcycle and stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, like he the first one he took is when he went to the Natchez Tavern, which is an awesome place, by the yeah. way. You gotta go to the Natchez Taco Tuesdays. Do you have a selfie stick, Ryan? I do not have a selfie stick. Do you want a selfie stick? You need Ryan? to upgrade your life, dude. I need uh, to find his Christmas present for you, I, Ryan. <laughs> Do you need a selfie stick? You remember, I got a selfie stick. You remember you what use. I did for you guys for Christmas last year? I don't. I it brought, was not memorable. I brought good. Uh, <laughs> I brought some good booze back from Montana. That's right. And I can't remember. I think I handed it to Kevin and, uh, because you were gone. And yeah, I, said, I never uh, saw it. I don't think. I and think I, I said, drank yeah, it all. Yeah, just split it with, split it with <laughs> Ian. And well, I don't but, drink anymore. So like a Ian's week or, got it this a week. week or two later, I was like, Ian, what'd you think mm. of that booze? And he was like, What booze? Well, Kevin, Dan, can you give that back to me like Mama Bird? It wasn't memorable uh, in the sense that I drank it all like a fucking <laughs> ass. And you're like, I don't remember that's that. Why I don't drink anymore. I don't remember that thing you gave that makes me not remember things. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. All right. So we're going to end our podcast today uh, with the interview that Jeremy Wagner just did about uh, purchasing some of Jeff Henneman's guitars. The late Slayer guitar god. Uh, Thanks again for listening to our uh, backstage pass this week. Hopefully you guys have a good holiday, and uh, we'll hear from you all, and you'll hear from us again before the new year. This is Jeremy Wagner from Broken Hope, and I'm here to talk about Jeff Hanneman and my new purpose in life, which is to carry on the Jeff Hanneman guitar legacy. Uh, I had learned that Jeff Hanneman's guitar estate was going up for sale and uh, that really caught my interest because Jeff Hanneman is uh, one of the reasons I became a guitar player. He's one of my biggest influences, both riff-wise, guitar-wise, and lyrically. I also learned that ESP Guitars was facilitating the sale of the guitars for the Hanneman estate. I'm a longtime ESP artist, uh, going on 27, 28 years now. Matt Massiandaro, the president, is a good friend of mine. I immediately got on the phone with him and asked him about the uh, this auction going on. I quickly learned that the auction went up and then was down. The Hanneman estate, specifically Catherine Hanneman, wasn't sure that she wanted the guitars to be sold. Um, one of her concerns I learned later was that you know she wanted to make sure these guitars didn't wind up in a hard rock cafe or sitting in a closet somewhere are being flipped on, on eBay, you know, a week later. So I asked Matt at ESP to please reach out to Catherine Hanneman and uh, see if I could get my foot in the door, uh, talk to her about possibly acquiring 
the entire estate, not just one guitar, not just, you know, one piece of memorabilia, but everything I could get my hands on. Before too long, Catherine Hanneman had my phone number, texted me, we began a dialogue. One thing Catherine Hanneman wanted was that if I acquired Jeff's guitar estate, that I would promise never to part with these guitars, never donate them to some museum, some thrash metal museum or something, and uh, that I would promise to keep Jeff's spirit alive by using these guitars, um, you know, writing on them, performing with them, respecting Jeff's legacy, trying to preserve every little thing about him, every little sticker, any, you know, scratches, blemishes, whatever, trying to keep them as is, but set up and working properly so I can use them. I plan to use two or three of Jeff's uh, most famous guitars uh, on the Broken Hope album exclusively. I'm talking about tracking all my guitar parts uh, just with Hanneman guitars. And I've also been writing uh, new riffs and songs with um, a couple of Jeff's guitars as well as I'm in the home stretch of finishing the Broken Hope writing process for a seventh album. One thing that makes me happy and I'm delighted about is that Catherine Hanneman uh, had complete faith in me and uh, feels I was the right guy to come along at the right time to, to get all this stuff and uh, to do what I want to do with it. Matt says Jeff Hanneman was a longtime ESP artist, part of the ESP family for a very long time. And uh, the ESP custom guitars that Jeff had made that I now own uh, are very special, custom, one of a kind. My good bro, Chris Canella, my artist relations guy and product manager at ESP, um, has also said, hey, you know, if anyone's gonna have these guitars and do what, do what I'm doing with them, it's me. Uh, otherwise, God knows where they would have gone. And per Chris Canella's two cents, I own two of Hanneman's uh, most famous and collectible guitars. And on that note, let's get into them. One of Jeff Hanneman's most famous guitars is, without a doubt, the Hanneman Punk Rock Jackson guitar. Jeff Hanneman first bought this Jackson soloist directly from Jackson Guitars in 1988. He paid around $2,000 for it, and at the time, it was the most expensive guitar he ever purchased. Uh, the Jackson guitar was built in Ontario, California by a few of Jackson's best-known guitar builders. This guitar is painted black and then later covered in punk rock stickers that Jeff Hanneman personally applied. This Jackson guitar was one of Hanneman's favorites aside from his first Les Paul and then some of his ESP customs that he obtained later. This Jackson guitar remains the most photographed Slayer guitar to date. This guitar was used exclusively on the South of Heaven Tour 1988. Jeff used this guitar exclusively to record tracks on the Seasons in the Abyss album. Jeff also used this Jackson on the legendary Clash of the Titans tour in 1990. This Jackson guitar was also exclusively used in the War Ensemble official video. This famous Jackson has been on stage at Wembley Arena, Madison Square Garden, the Cow Palace, Osaka, Tokyo, Japan, Donington, and then also Slayer's appearance on the Jon Stewart show in 1995 in small clubs when they did their punk rock tour and so many other countless festivals and tours for 20 years. Another guitar in Jeff Hanneman's arsenal that I'm now looking after is the Hanneman Bloodline guitar. This Hanneman USA model, aka the Bloodline guitar, is extremely, extremely rare. 
Uh, this guitar was made to Jeff's exact specifications in 1998, and ESP's short-lived USA Custom Shop didn't last more than six months. And this is one of the only guitars to come out of there that got in Hanneman's hands. This particular guitar is one of Jeff Hanneman's earliest ESP models as well. This guitar was in Jeff's hands right around the time Slayer was recording Diabolos in Musica. It was played by Jeff Hanneman in the video for the song Bloodline from the God Hates Us All album. Therein lies the nickname the Bloodline Guitar. Like many of Jeff's other guitars, this custom axe is also covered in white stickers that Jeff Hanneman personally added. This guitar was also used for Slayer's performance on the War at the Warfield concert DVD. The Bloodline Guitar is the only ESP that Hanneman has ever owned that features a reverse headstock. Next up, Jeff Hanneman's Killer Guitar. This guitar was custom built for Jeff in 2005 during the recording of the Slayer Christ Illusion album. In 2006, Slayer went on tour uh, for the uh, Unholy Alliance tour and Jeff brought this killer guitar along for the ride and used it on many stages during that tour. Like his other guitars, Jeff Hanneman personally applied black and white stickers all over the body of this guitar, adding his own special Hanneman touch and making this guitar very identifiable. Here we have Jeff Hanneman's Urban Camo Signature Guitar. The backstory on this guitar is very interesting. Uh, this features a Slayer Eagle inlay throughout the fretboard. The Eagle was used on a very early version of Jeff's signature models that ESP continues to make and distribute worldwide. Eagle inlays didn't last long and were soon changed to designs that feature now a Hanneman H inlay versus this Eagle inlay model, if you will. One other extra special feature, Jeff Hanneman personally autographed this guitar. These are three Slayer anniversary album guitars that ESP made as very limited editions, and I was fortunate enough to get one of each. First off, we have the Rain and Blood anniversary limited edition guitar from ESP. It features the Rain and Blood artwork by Larry Carroll that everybody knows. For me personally, it's one of my favorite album covers of all time. Next up is South of Heaven anniversary guitar. Features the South of Heaven cover artwork, album artwork, also by Larry Carroll. Classic design, classic album cover. And then last in these anniversary album editions, the Slayer models from ESP guitars. I have the limited edition Seasons in the Abyss guitar that also features the album cover artwork on the entire body of the great Larry Carroll. And again, these guitars are very limited, very cool, and very thrash. Behind me, you'll see here one of Jeff Hanneman's own Marshall heads. It's a JCM 800-2203 from 1986. Jeff had this head since Rain and Blood and used it in the studio and on every tour pretty much since. Uh, you'll notice the custom baffle that Marshall did for Jeff Hanneman. Jeff Hanneman, uh, from what I understand, thanks to my good friend Nick Bocott over at Marshall who got me the backstory on this hand, said that Marshall, as a thank you, did that custom baffle. As you see, it's green with a Heineken type logo that says Hanneman. They did that for Jeff. And he has a number of other heads, just like this one that look the same way. It's a 100 watt head, not modified, 
straight from the factory, and that's the way Jeff liked them. That was Hanneman's signature sound, and I'm honored to have this head here. Thanks for watching this feature on the Jeff Hanneman Guitar Legacy. I hope to maybe at some point have all of these guitars, heads, and other personal effects of Jeff's that I have uh, put on some kind of touring display, something maybe I could do at a NAMM show or elsewhere. Uh, so the public can see these guitars, amps, and uh, just awesome Hanneman effects. Uh, now that he's no longer with us, this is all stuff I want to share with the world. Also on that note, you'll hear these instruments on the new Broken Hope album. And also, should we do a tour of um, some kind of importance or a uh, huge festival like Vakken or Download or anything else, perhaps uh, I'll break something out like the Jeff Hanneman Punk Rock Jackson or something and use it for the entire set. So. The main point here is to have these instruments used and uh, to share them with everybody who's a Slayer fan, a Hanneman fan, or a guitar fan. So again, thanks for watching this crazy story of mine and onward, Slayer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.